In this episode, we look at pandemic preparedness and Nigeria's inflation rate climbing to a new 17-year peak. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Rithadong. For more, follow us at the K Financial, and you can find me at Rithadong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC. INM Bank Rwanda, we are on your side. A report by Global Preparedness Monitoring Board says the coronavirus pandemic revealed collective failure to take pandemic preparation, prevention and respond seriously and prioritized accordingly. Response to the pandemic cost as much as $11 trillion and more losses to the tune of $10 trillion in earnings were projected. And yet preparing for a pandemic could have cost the world $5 per person compared to the trillions of dollars spent on the COVID-19 response so far. In today's episode, we host Dr. Arnold Ezama, Manager, Epidemics and Pandemics Preparedness Response at Uganda Red Cross Society, uh, who is also part of the Expert Voices program that aims to keep conversations around the pandemic preparedness and equitable economic recovery for Africa alive. Tell us about the concept of pandemic preparedness. The concept of pandemic preparedness Planning in terms of preparedness has been a long, around for a long time. It is biblical, where they were planning for the famine and had to have buffer stocks of food. So in a way, preparedness in anticipation of a disaster or an epidemic has always been with us. So the concept basically revolves around knowing that Due to urbanization, due to climate change, the way we handle agriculture and farming, we are not so far away from the next epidemic. So it is important that countries are able to plan for these uh, disasters and epidemics. Globally, we see it happening where countries have come together to support each other under what we call the Global Health Security Agenda, in trying to make sure that all countries are prepared for the next epidemic. And the international health regulations point out these areas that should be strengthened in a country. Of course, these uh, look at uh, preparedness. They look at, uh, in terms of detection of diseases, there's also prevention. There's also response. And across these three domains, there are almost, uh, I think, uh, 17 technical areas that a country must strengthen so that um, it can be able to be well prepared to prevent um, epidemics. That would also spill over to other countries. So basically, that is why preparedness is important. And we see that globally, Countries are followed up to see whether they abide by international health regulations so that they, they have the capacities to prevent, to detect, and also to respond. How should we prepare for pandemics in countries like Uganda, which have resource constraints? I want to mention that resources don't, do not only mean financial resources. They are what we call uh, physical assets. We have the human assets, social assets, economic assets, and so on. So identifying 
these resources and proper utilization of them can help us in terms of preparedness for pandemics. The social cohesion that we see at community levels where people are organized into different groups is a very big asset in terms of preparedness. And we see this happening now in Ebola where at village level we have these teams, the village health teams that involve uh, community health workers under the leadership of the local leader. We have in these teams religious leaders. We have opinion leaders. So these teams are very important because they are trusted by the communities and these are very key in preparedness. So for me, I think um, if we do understand our resources, of course not all communities are the same. So that's why as we prepare, we need to understand our communities. We know that sex gender interact and converge with these social issues that we're talking about and create situations of privilege and disadvantage. Now, these are the disadvantages that pop up are ripe for an epidemic to, to start. So it is important that we understand that some areas are at disadvantage and intentionally organize these communities because they do have resources and when it comes to distribution of other resources they should be equitable distribution of these resources to these very disadvantaged areas so it is important for us to always apply uh, a gender lens so that is very key uh, we shouldn't shy away from that so we need to see uh, a multi-sectoral approach where we have different um, uh, ministries, different sectors, working hand-in-hand hand to support each other. Because today you'll find that uh, perhaps Ministry of Health has more financial resources, human resources, compared to Ministry of Agriculture. But we find that most of the epidemics now are zoonotic, which means that they have origins from animals and they spill over into human beings. Ebola being one of them, Marburg, Rift Valley Fever, COVID-19. So basically, close to 75% of emerging and re-emerging diseases come from the animal sector. So it is important that all sectors work together. We see that even Ministry of Trade has to come in strongly. During a lockdown, businesses are affected. Okay? we find that uh, there's involvement of security personnel during epidemics and outbreaks. So they need to learn how to work together. I think that is one of the key areas that we need to look at. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. While Bank has allocated about 1.5 billion Kenya shillings to enhance and fast track regional digital integration efforts across the East African community, the bank, through its single digital market initiative, aims at supporting the region to become a more deeply integrated and dynamic digital investment innovation and growth hub. The project will focus on connectivity market development and integration, which entails creating and enabling legal, regulatory, and ICT institutional environment 
requirement to enhance digitalization in the region. The project scope was delivered in a meeting held at the World Bank offices in Washington, D.C. between the EAC Secretary General Peter Mathuki and the World Bank team led by Mohamed Isakali, Manager Africa Regional Integration, and Kersey Tugson, the Global Manager Digital Development. Mathuki noted that East Africa is looking at establishing regional digital innovation hubs across partner states to respond to digital challenges. The annual inflation rate in Nigeria accelerated for the 10th straight month to 21.4 in November of 2022 from 21.9 in the prior month above the market estimates of 21.5%. It's the highest reading since September of 2005 attributed to food supply disruptions, import cost hikes due to currency depreciation and a rise in production costs. Main upward pressure continued to come from prices of food and non-alcoholic beverages, by far the most relevant component of the CPI basket. Insecurity, climate change and the devastating impact of severe flooding on farmlands this year, coupled with the ongoing Russian-Ukrainian war, remain the key factors weighing in on the country's agriculture sector. The annual inflation rate in Namibia ticked down to 7% in November of 2022 from 7.1% in the prior month, reaching the lowest level since July. As prices slowed slightly for recreation and culture, however, strong inflationary pressures continue to come from other CPI items such as transportation, food and non-alcoholic beverages, hotels, cafes and restaurants. On a monthly basis, consumer prices increased by 0.5%, the most in four months after 0.2% rise in the prior month. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K-Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website that is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K-Financial. And you can find me at Wizardone.